I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello, it is Tuesday and welcome to the uh, COB. I'm Andrew Gagan, joined by Nadine Blaney. Nadine, how are you going? I'm pretty well. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Well, look, interesting day. Uh, the, the local market has been outperforming 7% up um, in October. Had to come to an end, didn't really, and it did today. All good things come to an end. But we were both, I think, taken with the fact that there were only two down days in all of October as of yesterday. Today certainly was a change in sentiment. Uh, things dropped upon the open as we talked about many times on air today, and then we saw a little bit of a rebound, and I think perhaps I got even a little bit cocky about it, but uh, all came to nothing uh, down by, I think at the lows of the day, down seven-tenths of a percent for the ASX. Pretty much reflecting what happened on Wall Street overnight and also in European uh, indexes there. Of course, what's weighing on on American sentiment at the moment is uh, as we head into the election, which is now two weeks away, it's that gridlock as far as, or the deadlock between the Democrats and the Republicans over that stimulus package, which simply isn't going to happen before the election, is it? Not by what we're being told on a daily basis. And we had a really interesting conversation with um, a gentleman from Exante Data, and uh, he was basically saying everybody is paying so much attention to the presidential race, whether it be a Trump presidency or a Biden presidency and what that means. He was saying, don't get too comfortable with the prospect of a so-called blue wave. He's saying it's actually the Senate that could really be the make it or break it. And that Mitch McConnell is actually the man to be watching and to keep your eye on. And Mitch McConnell has not been showing any signs of wanting to get a stimulus deal done, despite you know, the White House wanting one done. So I think he was saying that tells you all you need to know about how the Republicans now feel about Donald Trump. Yeah, and also he put it really bluntly, essentially saying, even if Biden picks up the White House, but the Senate remains in Republican hands, it will be a stillbirth Biden presidency. Isn't that a stark in, way to describe in, it? Yeah. In fact, until that, that will run for the next two years until the midterms. Yeah, because he won't be able to get anything done. And he was also saying that, you know, there will be the far left of the Democratic Party, you know, in any blue wave scenario, if it does come to fruition, that will be putting so much pressure on Joe Biden, who is actually, you know, more of a traditionalist than that. So it just sounds, it sounds bottom line that, you know, it's going to be a messy election, messy election update outcome, no matter what happens. And um, yeah, if you want to go on our website, I think that that interview will be put up. And he goes through this sort of days trading scenarios that could happen here in Australia. Because, of course, we talked November 3rd when it comes to the US election, but it's all happening live November 4th yeah, here while, while our markets are trading. It's, it's incredible. Well, let's, let's come back to Australia. And uh, there was some, some more communication today from the RBA uh, with the board minutes from the October meeting released, uh, along with a speech by Assistant Governor Kent, um, essentially, as expected, uh, flagging a further cut 
uh, come November 3rd uh, as it coincides with the US election. And essentially what they're saying is as the Australian economy opens up, those borders come down, they would expect that further monetary easing would gain more traction. Yes, um, monetary policy easing, uh, they believe now that it can be effective. And I think also, if you put it into context of the RBA and the central bank, bank action that's being taken elsewhere, they can't be an outlier. They can't be going on their own, especially when it comes to the currency. So a lot of the policy is designed to put pressure on that Australian dollar and therefore, um, you know, cushion. It's that, it's that ultimate shock absorber for the Australian economy. So it seems as if I've not yet spoken to anybody who says yeah. there will not be a cut on Melbourne Cup Day. And we had a little more data today just to see how we're travelling as far as the Australian economy is concerned with payroll numbers out. Uh, down 0.9% uh, for the fortnight to October 3rd. Uh, so essentially that's across all states and territories uh, over the past month. Uh, reflecting those continued restrictions also in Victoria. Of course, we're now seeing you know, slow opening up there, but um, also emphasising those recessionary conditions across the country. Yeah, and you know, I know that we talk about it a lot in, in the percentage points and the slight changes, but I still think it's, I don't know, you still have to think of everybody out there that doesn't have a, a job right now. I mean, it, it would be... It would be really daunting to not have a job and to still hear about the fact that we will see stimulus payments, fiscal stimulus payments from the federal government rolling off, you know, job keeper, job seeker. They're awesome, but they're not going to continue forever. So, yeah, there's just I think there's still a lot of uncertainty around the employment data and the participation rate and everything. Well, there is an upside, though, Nadine, as far as payroll jobs work by people under 20 uh, is continuing to show growth. Uh, that's, in fact, now up over 6% to pre-COVID levels. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I didn't hear that stat, Andrew. Well, maybe just before businesses want that flexibility, preferring younger workers. Possibly. I mean, who knows how the whole wash-up of this pandemic will be when it comes to the jobs market. And also, you know, young people were hit proportionally harder as were females in the workforce. So, yeah, how things change and what we look like on the other side. I mean, we spoke with Air Tasker's Tim Fung as well, and that's a lot of people doing side hustles, the gig economy, and he's saying... You know, things have fundamentally changed. He doesn't really reckon they'll go back to, you know, to how they were previously. Well, business has never been better for him. Yeah, exactly. There's always a silver lining <laughs> yeah, for right. someone. Uh, look, and there's always news in the buy now, pay later space, uh, Zip. Uh, it's uh, eventually uh, it's, uh, launched a new tap and pay feature, uh, allowing customers to use the platform every day. Now, this is um, essentially a, a tie-up with Visa, which gives it, well, um, in fact, uh, they're saying uh, access to 80% of it, 87% of consumers not already signed up with a uh, buy now, pay later provider. Yeah, I guess, you know, the people in the buy now, pay later space, the companies, they just have to continually um, evolve. They have to continually search for other avenues of growth. Um, and we saw that as well with Afterpay today and that tie up with Westpac. So it's using Westpac's banking as a service facility Afterpay becoming a deposit-taking institution yeah. for Australian customers. Well, I wonder, oh, Andrew, do you think that's do you think that's like the younger demographic? Because we saw Westpac share price falling despite that news, so it's almost like you know, yeah. But then you look at Afterpay. Where did that go? It's, it's <laughs> it broke the one hundred dollar barrier. It's just so interesting how how the sands are shifting and how um, yeah, companies that are I guess innovative um, and tackling some of these payment options. So you just 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's always a word of caution when it comes to these guys, you know, after pay over a hundred bucks. Yep. Uh, look, another really interesting space I'm finding at the moment is property. Of course, you know, at the beginning of the of the pandemic, uh, there was the expectation that property was just going to crash. It hasn't happened. And uh, certainly some of the non-bank lenders are taking advantage of that. And there's ultra low interest rates. Uh, we saw an update today, uh, first quarter from Wiser. Uh, revenue growth up 358% for the quarter. Yeah, it's incredible. Um the willingness of, and the uptake of the products they're offering. And again, it's um, you've got to think it's a lot of younger consumers. I mean, Anthony says that, you know, it's really across a very wide demographic. Um, but bottom line is people are apparently looking for more in their lending products. They're not tied to the big four banks. It's easier to move banks. We had a, sort of a conversation along those lines um, with Athena as well, um, talking about the relaxation of the lending laws, still not necessarily working in favor of the big four. It just makes everybody, uh, you know, grows the pie, so to speak, for for all of those non-bank and uh, challenger lenders, I suppose. Yeah, it should be mentioned, though, of course, we're not talking about investor loans. That's still pretty much dead in the water at the moment, uh, particularly given, uh, you know, rentals, uh, the yields there, well, they're just not there. No. Um, so this is all about owner-occupied. Yeah, and first-home buyers as well, which, yep. you know, again, if that's a little silver lining from the pandemic, we've seen more first-home buyers being able to get into the market. I mean, they were absent for so long. We both live in Sydney. We both know the situation here. I mean, gosh, how hard is it going to be in the future for people getting into the into the housing market? But anyways, we digress. <laughs> all right. Um, what about stock of the day? What are we looking at? Well, this one was Dicker Data today. It was out with a bit of an update and shares were on a tear. They saw an increase of 15% in sales to $1.5 billion to the nine months to September. Um, so yeah, ticker data, I think it was a record high today. Mm. Um, on the call, they discussed it. Two guests in studio, Howard Coleman from Team Invest, Gary Glover from Novus Capital. Um, take a listen to what they had to say about ticker data. Look, there's plenty of stocks that are probably haven't had as good results of that, that are trading on multiples way higher than that. So that's probably a positive for Dicker Data. So um, I just think it's a, it's a cracking result here. So probably going to push the share price higher. So, um, but not cheap here, but lots of stocks that are a lot more expensive than this one. So it's probably got a bit more uh, upside potential here. I mean, its return on equity is in... It was in the 30s percent for a number of years. Now it's uh, over 50 percent, and it's certainly benefiting from the work from home, uh, as people need more technology and consumables that go with the technology. But a 25 PE today is lower than most unprofitable companies uh, or barely profitable companies. So no, uh, it's it's looking reasonable at the moment. Howard Coleman from Team Invest. Um, they're saying the only negative there really is that debt levels, they're, they're, they're pretty high. Yeah, but I think that they both liked the company. Um, Dicker Data, the ticker code is DDR if you're interested. Do your own research. But yeah, that's a view from two of our expert guests. All right, and Nadine, let's just uh, look ahead uh, what we can expect in the next 24 hours. Of course, we're deep into uh, earnings season in the US, which uh, overall actually has outperformed uh, expectations. Sure has. Uh, I guess this time around, we get a little bit more clarity on how businesses coped through the pandemic, are coping through the pandemic. 
Um, we get Netflix tonight. That'll be an interesting one with the whole work from home, or I guess stay at home scenario, really helping to boost Netflix through this pandemic. So no doubt we'll be talking about that tomorrow, Andrew. All right. Yeah, of course, uh, a lot more tech stocks uh, to work to uh, to work through, uh, given how they performed recently. Uh, so yeah, as you say, lots lots more to come. Uh, tomorrow here, I think that we'll be talking a lot about the retail sales read for September. So yeah, Melbourne lockdowns, that'll be interesting. But again, you know, how much is online, what we're spending on. Um, it'll be a big one to get some insight into the state of the consumer, obviously so important for the economic recovery. Yeah, and obviously that strength has remained in online um, retail. And um, well, you know, off the back of the budget too, are people spending? Well, certainly they're spending online, but they're also, I guess, conscious of uh, paying off their debt at the same time. Um, some are, I suppose. Uh, LaVisa is just quickly checking the share price. Okay, it was down by four-tenths of a percent today, but we did have an update from LaVisa that was, you know, pretty positive today, I would say. Overall, you know, we've heard from Beacon Lighting, we've heard from Adairs, you know, lots of people spending. Um, it's, it's really incredible, you know, this, this pandemic and how it's, how it's evolved. Uh, we've got great guests coming on again tomorrow, Andrew. As per usual, we started with a real breakdown of the U.S. election and where we're at there with Alex Turman. He's CEO of Bondi Partners. And we are speaking with Magellan. We're speaking with Chris Weldon. He's from the Magellan High Conviction Strategy. He's a PM there. So we'll be talking lots about Asian tech names. Yeah, also uh, Mark Kennis, uh, the author of Stocks Down Under. Uh, in fact, um, their team picked Afterpay would hit $100 a share by the end of the year. Well, they're there already. Well, a big tick for them. Look, credit where credit is due. It goes on throughout the day. And uh, we'll also be speaking with Megaport CEO Vincent English. The company is out with an update and he'll be telling us all about it 345. All right, that is the COB. Thanks for listening. See ya.